Hello, and welcome to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, today, and our producer, Lindsay. <clears throat> so originally, we are going to have Dr. Vance on, and Dr. Vance had a conflict, so we will have him on um, October. No, August 27th, we will have him on, and the cool thing is is we will be at Advanced Medical in Meridian, Idaho, streaming live from his office. So don't miss out on that on that show because he's going to talk about some innovative um, treatments for pain that he has. So don't miss that. Dr. Mark Vance, uh, August 25th. So today we are going to talk a little bit, uh, just Janet and I then. And Jen and I try to have these episodes every few months with just her and I, so we get to discuss some of the topics that we don't get as we don't get to discuss as often as we would like when we have other guests on. So today we are going to be talking about thyroid, and we're going to start with talking about um, Jordan's hospital bill. Many of you have been following us. <clears throat> excuse me, about Jordan's hospital bill. And finally today, I did receive what's called CPT codes from the hospital. We have been working on this for 12 weeks now. CPT codes are billing codes used um, by um, healthcare entities, including hospitals, to bill insurance companies. Um, <clears throat> and insurance companies base their allowable about what they reimburse on those CPT codes. So, and they hardly ever pay 100% of that code. So, <clears throat> what I am doing in this process is I am trying to educate consumers that many times these huge cash prices that hospitals charge nobody really ever pays them so my argument is going to be why should the consumer end up paying them so because some of the price differences are amazing like for instance an er charge for eighteen hundred dollars that most insurances reimburse four hundred dollars on so why as a consumer <clears throat> A non-insured, cash-paying consumer, am I asked to pay $1,800 when insurance companies pay $400? That's not fair at all, in my opinion, and that's a big problem in the nation, and it's a lack of transparency, and that's what I want to do. One of the things we want to do with this radio show is to educate and empower consumers that they're in charge of their own health, and not just their own health as in their own bodies, but also their own healthcare finances, and that they can drive a lot of that. So stay tuned. I hopefully to have more information this week, um, probably be reporting on that um, next week. <clears throat> And excuse me, my allergies are driving me nuts today, so I apologize for that. So um, uh, we are going to be talking about thyroid today. And if you look at the way I labeled it, is your thyroid making you fat? That's uh, kind of a catchy, a catchy uh, title, but thyroid is very important for our metabolism. Um, thyroid is all the also the number one prescribed medication in 2016. So it's important to have optimal thyroid. There's a lot of patients that need thyroid replacement hormone, and we'll be talking about some of the signs and symptoms of low thyroid. So I'm going to hand it over to my wife right now. And Janet, tell me what you want our viewers and listeners to know about thyroid function. Well, first of all, um, most clients... Um, usually should have their thyroid checked when they turn 40. 
Um, a lot of times providers will look at that as a um, time of that's when we start following it. But there are other ages and, and other times that a thyroid hormone would be appropriate to look at. Um, usually when we are pregnant, women's thyroids are checked throughout the pregnancy to make sure that they are in uh, good limits um, because that's important. But there are other times where we should be considering whether or not somebody's thyroid is working properly. Um, one that's overlooked a lot in our nation is that um, our thyroid has a lot to do with our mental health as well. So um, there are many patients that uh, fall under the radar where if their therapy is suboptimal, they can be experiencing depression, uh, foggy thinking, uh, emotional feeling, and, and that we don't tie into thyroid very often, but sometimes those clients... Um, are overlooked. Also, men get overlooked for their thyroid because some providers feel that men aren't as likely to have a thyroid problem, but and that's certainly a fallacy that's just not true. Um, if you're wondering what the thyroid gland is and where it's located, Sean, will you show or talk to our viewers about that? Sure, I will. So thyroid gland located right, right down here. And a lot of times, um, in the old days especially, before we had fancy lab testing, one of the ways to test for thyroid um, misfunction would be to palpate the thyroid. And if you weren't making enough thyroid hormone, your thyroid would actually grow. And if it grows too much, it would be called a goiter. <clears throat> but even a small goiter, in fact, Janet had this happen to her when somebody gave her an exam. She did have a small gut goiter that they, and they diagnosed her with um, hypoactive thyroid. Hypo meaning too low of thyroid. Um, so uh, some of the things that cause that in third world countries especially was lack of iodine. Our thyroid gland, thyroid hormone is made up of iodine, a lot of iodine in it. It's literally, it's a pretty simple molecule actually, not to get too much overwhelmed with science, but thyroid, is, thyroid hormone is literally a tyrosine molecule, which is an amino acid, and then iodine's hooked to it. So T3 has three iodines, T4, which is also levothyroxine, the number one prescribed drug in 2016 called T4 levothyroxine. It has four iodines, T4. So it's a pretty simple molecule. Um, so that's where our thyroid gland is, is um, located. A lot of times um, <clears throat> the you do a baseline lab, what's called a TSH, to diagnose hypothyroidism. TSH is actually a pituitary hormone. It's not a thyroid hormone. TSH stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. And actually, the higher your TSH is, that means your pituitary is putting out more TSH to try to tell your thyroid gland to produce more thyroid. So the higher TSH, the lower your thyroid is working. Here's the problem with TSH. It is a pituitary hormone. It's not thyroid hormone. So <clears throat> it's not the best way necessarily to monitor thyroid function. Um, like with most medications, most hormones, probably the best way to monitor the dose of the hormone is to actually measure the amount of hormone in your body. So, And let's realize this. This is very, very important. If there's one thing you can take away from this presentation today is... Labs are a tool to go along with symptoms and history. Okay, let's repeat that. Labs are just a tool to go along with symptoms and history. Um, so symptoms are very, very important. What are symptoms of low thyroid, Janet? 
Well, the first thing I start thinking about is coldness um, in your extremities. Also, it can be dry skin. It can be uh, hair falling out um, excessively or just exhaustion. Um, it could be weight gain. Um, and sometimes these things are very subtle and they creep up on us. And so one of the, the problems is that um, it's hard to put your finger on right away. And so, you know, it might be something when you are going in just for a, res a regular physical that you ask to have your thyroid function looked at. But like Sean said, we have to look at the whole entire picture. You can't just look at the TSH because those labs can be very misleading. And there are other um, issues with thyroid that can be very easily fixed that doesn't necessarily mean someone needs to have um, thyroid replacement right away, but it does mean that, you know, there's answers that can be um, brought about if you have the right levels drawn. So um, that being said, there also, besides low thyroid, there can be high thyroid too. So we call it hyperthyroidism. And so there are different disease states that can happen along with our thyroid. Do you want to go over those, Sean? Um, so hyperthyroid or hypothyroid, um, hypo meaning low, hyper meaning high. So really the, um, things we're asking, things we're looking at with symptoms of hypothyroid, hyperthyroid would be just the opposite. Of course, in humans, hyperthyroid is not that common unless there is, um, overdosing on thyroid hormone is you, is usually the case. So, <clears throat> Um, but the symptoms would be bulging eyes. You can see it when somebody has hyperthyroid. They'll have bulging eyes. They'll have um, um, a racing heart, so tachycardia. Their heart rate will go up. They might have hot flashes, um, whether they're a female or a male. Um, but like I said, usually that's not – hyperthyroidism is not very common in people unless they're in, – in humans unless there's um, – there'd be a dose with hormone. And it could be a sign of also a thyroid cancer possibly also. So um, it's usually the hypothyroid that is pretty common. Um, so when you look at some of those symptoms and you look at lab work like the TSH, the symptoms don't always match the lab work. For instance – Let's talk about TSH. A normal TSH is 0.5 to 5. That's a huge range. So remember, the higher the TSH, the worse your thyroid's working. So let's say that you had cold extremities, your hair is falling out, you're depressed, you're gaining weight, um, you have dry skin. Let's say you have those symptoms of hypothyroid and you check your labs. This is very common. And if there's anybody that's had this happen to them, give me a call. We'd love to hear you taking callers 509-537-0411. And you'll be told, you, your lab will come back and it'll be 4.9. And you'll be saying, well, I, you know, I don't know what's wrong. Your symptoms are um, not, your, your thyroid's normal. So it's not your thyroid function. So, and we see this all the time. So what has to be done um, in, in um, my experience is you need more extensive thyroid testing. So you need what's called a free T3 and a free T4. And those are actually hormone levels in your body. So, and free T4, levothyroxine 
or Synthroid. You may be on, if a patient's on Synthroid or Levothyroxine. And like I said, that's the most common prescribed drug in 2016. So there's lots of people on it and lots of people do just fine on it. But there are some patients that they don't convert the T4 into the T3. The T3 is the actual active form of thyroid or it's more active than T4. So if you're not converting that well, due to many factors, including high cortisol, which can be due to too much stress, or your uh, your lack of selenium, which is a um, a mineral, a trace mineral. Um, also, too much estrogen can decrease the conversion of of T4 to T3. There's many other factors that can aging. Just as we age, we don't convert as well. Alcohol, um, excessive alcohol intake can decrease that conversion of T4 to T3. So here's the thing: your T4 lab will look normal. Your TSH will look normal but the patient won't feel normal. So that's a lot of times when they when we see them in our practice because their T3 is suboptimal and they need more than just T4 or levothyroxine. Janet, you want to expand on that? Yes, I do, because this is something that happened to me personally. Um, I developed a goiter when we had our second son. I think it was about a year or two after and all signs pointed to, oh, you're just stressed because you have young children in your family and that you are running a business. And so there's nothing really wrong with you until I went to a provider who actually did a physical exam. And she's like, your thyroid is um, larger than it should be. And so we started off with a dose and nothing really happened with the therapy. It just felt like the same thing um, until we took labs and we looked at it and realized that um, the deficiency of iodine played into it and also I needed more active form. So that leads me to other products that are available. I personally started with um, some Armour Thyroid and I personally did not like it partly because Armour has a um, odor to it. It smells and in the morning that is not something I really like to to have. And also because it is a porcine base uh, product. So um, we switched it to a compounded um, product and that was more beneficial and we could also tailor the active part of my thyroid, the T3 level to one that fit my needs versus what was available commercially. So do you want to talk about some of the products out there? Yeah, so porcine, porcine means from pig source. So when she says Armour Thyroid, that's a brand name. It's been around since, well, at least the late 1800s. Um, some of you may be familiar with it, um, also known as MP, NP Thyroid. Um, also known as Nature Thyroid, um, but really they, they have the same active ingredient called porcine thyroid. It's been around since at least 1800, late 1800s. It was the first form of thyroid, um, and it has a combination of T4 and T3 in it. Now, um, one of the disadvantages, like Janet says, is that it stinks. Um, because why? Because it is literally ground up pig's thyroid. So um, obviously it's going to not smell the greatest. So it is standardized to a T4, T3 ratio. 38 micrograms of T4, 9 micrograms of T3. Okay, that's a set ratio. You can't change that. So if a patient needs just more T3 or just more T4 and you 
you know, increase the dose of that, they're going to get more of both. That's one of the issues with it. So not only does it stink, but you can't vary the ratio of T4 to T3. Some patients need a varied ratio of T4 to T3. So it's very important to to note that. Um, and um, another, advantage, another disadvantage of porcine thyroid also is um, it's, it's short-acting. So T3 is short-acting anywhere from two hours to six hours in the average person. So if you take it at seven o'clock in the morning, that T3 portion is worn off by nine o'clock in the morning, possibly. So one of the things we can do as a compounding pharmacy is we can make up a sustained release T3 where it it releases slowly throughout the day, um, more mimicking how your body would produce T3. So that's another disadvantage of the porcine thyroid. And probably, honestly, one of the biggest disadvantages, and I don't see this getting any better, was, so porcine thyroid was was around before the FD, FDA was. Now, why do I mention that? Well, because the FDA doesn't, they grandfathered this in. There's a lot of drugs that are grandfathered in prior to the FDA. One of them is codeine. One of them is acetaminophen, aspirin. Um, the list goes on. There's a lot of drugs that we've been using for hundreds of years, literally, that were around before the FDA. So it was approved. It was never approved by the FDA. So the FDA kind of frowns on that, and they do everything they can to try to stop the um, importation of that chemical. So anybody that's been on porcine thyroid, whether it be Armour, whether it be Nature Thyroid, NP Thyroid, um, Take your pick. Anybody that's been on those consistently, they realize that there is a sourcing problem. Right. Many times, pharmacies will not be able to get it. And we used to source it. We used to compound it. And we realized that it was going to continuously be a problem. My guess is, is that if the FDA has their way, um, it will completely be off the market. Um, because they just they want to use a, a commercially available FDA approved product so even though i don't think i don't think porcine thyroid is bad necessarily um, i just don't see it being an option in the near future there's going to always be sourcing problems we decided not to source it because it was getting so difficult and we had an alternative so our alternative was to make up a combination product of T4 and T3 and that seemed to solve a lot of people's problems. So um, that's kind of the history of, of porcine thyroid um, and a little bit about the thyroid. So why did we say that is your thyroid making you fat? So Janet, will you respond to that a little bit? Well, if your thyroid hormone is not optimal, then your metabolism is lowered. And so you start storing. And that's a problem as we age and, of course, as we're reaching our 40s and our middle age, we already are losing some of our metabolism just as we age. So if you're not feeling optimal, of course, you're not sleeping well. That's one of the things that thyroid um, improved from myself is a better sleep pattern. So you start going down this whole cycle of I'm not sleeping well. I'm not recovering well at night. My cortisol is not at the right level. It should be throughout the day. And if your energy level is down and you start making poor choices, I, I would assume that comes along with that cortisol issue. Um, you know, it just becomes easier to put more weight on. And we, 
we don't want to keep doing that over time because slow weight gains over years adds up. And um, especially as we start um, having um, more chances of disease or chronic disease setting in as we age, we want to prevent doing that. And personally, I think probably one of the easiest things to fix for a patient is thyroid because it's easy it's effective, it's safe, it's what your body makes. Um, typically, your body will make it and it will release it first thing in the morning. That's one of the reasons why you take it in the morning. Um, there's also some other things that you can do um, with taking it that is really important. Um, always take it on an empty stomach. If you're not doing that, you need to start doing that. Plain glass of water. Um, if you're taking it with your coffee and creamer, you're changing the absorption. If you're taking it with other medications, um, there are other products such as supplements that um, calcium, uh, magnesium, things like that can decrease the absorption. So to get the full effect, it's first thing in the morning. So I suggest to our clients always to take it first thing when you get up in the day, take it with a big glass of water and then proceed to get ready. And then by the time you're ready for the day, it really isn't going to matter if you need to take another medication or not. Yeah. Thyroid, it is important that you take on an empty stomach. Now let's clarify that too. If you're not taking on an empty stomach and your dose is stabilized. So if you've taken it, just like Janet said, it's better absorbed on an empty stomach, but if you're taking it every day with your coffee and creamer, even though it's de even though it's decreasing absorption, if you're stabilized on that dose, don't necessarily change that because if you do, you will get better absorption and you might need to change your dose. So so recognize that for sure. So as we age, like Janice says, our thyroid function just naturally goes down. That is just a common thing that happens. Most all of our hormones change as we age and they decline. Um, so whether it be testosterone, thyroid, estrogen, progesterone, all those hormones, usually as we age, just decline in function. So that's why it's important to get your thyroid checked. Now, we talked a little bit about some of the symptoms of, of low thyroid. So we talked about depression. So how many people have, you know, been put on Prozac or, or an antidepressant of, of choice, Paxil, Zoloft, Effexor. How many patients have been put on, on one of those um, antidepressants and they didn't even have their thyroid checked? Um, so like Janet says, it is pretty simple, but it's really not that simple. Um, it is simple for somebody that's educated about it. So if you do not have a provider, a prescriber, a doctor um, that is um, monitoring your thyroid appropriately and you're not getting the answers or they're not taking the time to answer your questions appropriately, then you need a new provider um, because thyroid hormone is very, very important. And just think, you know, None of us as humans lack Prozac. We never had Prozac in the first place, right? So we don't have a Prozac deficiency. We could have a thyroid deficiency also. So now realize that testosterone's, low testosterone symptoms mimic low thyroid symptoms also. So it's important to get an overall balance of your hormones. So it's important to know someone that knows how to balance those hormones um, optimally, not just your thyroid, because they all work in unison together. So it's important to get somebody to, to know how to balance those hormones. Thyroid, especially for women, most women, if they're going to go on vacation for a week and you told them you can only take one medication, 
most women will pick their thyroid over their estrogen, over their progesterone, over their testosterone. They will pick their thyroid. That's how good thyroid makes most women feel. If your thyroid is optimal. Janet, you want to speak to that? I do because um, the problem of not having it optimal is that you you don't get the benefits that you need. And sometimes providers are not comfortable with that level too. So um, that is why it's really important to have people that understand how to prescribe uh, thyroid. And for a lot of patients out there, we realize that just taking T3 um, is not a requirement, but it could be beneficial. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that aren't uh, getting their maximum doses of T3 to, to make them feel better. And um, we went to a conference here beginning of the year before the uh, outbreak of the virus. And one of the um, people, uh, professionals in the room was actually somebody that worked with mental health. And her experience has been that her clients, whether they're teenagers, whether they're elderly, whether they're middle-aged, the first level that she checks is their T3, which is your thyroid, because she has found many patients may not need to have an antidepressant. They need their thyroid hormone to be optimized before we start adding other medications. And the reason that's really important is because these hormones are normal to our bodies. These are hormones that your body would normally be making if it was able to at an optimal level. And why not put something back in us that is normal to our body before we start dumping something else in and and trying to look for another solution? And so for her, her number one go-to is to look at people's thyroid levels, both the T3 and the T4, but especially the T3. And she has found that if she's brought those levels up, um, and they may be a little bit more than what some providers are comfortable with, but she has had amazing results. And that speaks volumes to me because we're always looking for um, a quick fix in our society and the quick pill, but really sometimes it's just what naturally in our body needs to be there to feel optimal. Well, and, and that's just it. So if we support our bodies to do the right thing, our bodies are created amazingly well. If we if we give our bodies the right nutrition, the right sleep, and, um, you know, obviously movement is also important. But um, also hormones can be an issue. I mean, so here's a, you know, here's a mental health provider that that's the first thing she looks at. I mean, even in teenagers. So imagine, you know, imagine how many thousands of people are, are possibly misdiagnosed or, you know, maybe not misdiagnosed, but how they could do better on, on if their thyroid is optimal. How many mental health patients do are out there that could do better if their thyroid is optimal? Um, I'm going to guess, you know, thousands of them. So please find a provider. If you don't know a provider that specializes in, in um, hormone replacement, we are streaming live on Facebook. Write a comment in there. Message me on Facebook. I'm streaming live on my personal Facebook account, uh, Sean Needham, and the Moseley Professional Pharmacy YouTube site, as we do um, every Monday, 1 to 2 p.m. So message me on, on one of those forums. Ask for a provider, and we can we can get a hold of uh, – we can um, respond to you and let you know somebody that does specialize in um, um, thyroid and hormones in general. Janet, do you want to um, expand on that? Yeah, so um, 
We discussed a little bit about armor. We also talked about T4 and T3, but some of the commercial products are Synthroid. And um, for a majority of the clients, that is appropriate to um, be able to prescribe because their body's ability to make the T4 into T3 is good. And they may not have any deficiencies in that trans uh, or that um, conversion process. But there are some clients, as we have spoken, that that didn't work well for. So commercially, there's other products called Cytomil. And I wanted to bring Cytomil up a little bit because that is the commercial product for T3. And the advantage is, is that um, you can take T3 alone. Not very many clients need that, but it can be done. Um, And sometimes that's just all that person might need. Um, But there are some downsides, of course, to um, commercial products in the fact that um, it's not long-acting and T3 doesn't stay in our body long enough to hold us throughout the whole entire day. So a lot of times a patient needs to have it twice a day, um, which for some people that's perfect and it works well. But then again, you have to have those restrictions of an empty stomach and you probably don't want to take it past two o'clock in the afternoon. And so disadvantage would be remembering the second dose. And also, what if that dose is not available commercially? So that leads us back into compounding. And that's what we've been doing here at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy for 22 years. Our mission is to educate people to achieve optimal wellness by creating personalized solutions without insurance interference. And we have been focusing on hormone replacement for for that many years. And Janet and I have a passion for this subject. We, we talk to patients and providers all day long about hormones, and we really love it. Why do we love it? Because we feel that we are making a difference in people's lives. Um, we are actually fixing problems in just instead of just treating symptoms. It, it, it is really, really rewarding um, what we do every day. Janet, you want to expand on that? Yes, I do. Because in a compounding pharmacy, whether it's ours or somebody else's, they can make the dose of the T4 and the T3 in a, st- in a special dose for you individually. So, for example, for me, my T4 and T3 levels might be totally different than somebody else's. And so um, it's custom to what my needs are. And also we put ours in a sustain-releasing uh, capsule. So I don't have to take that second dose in the middle of the day when I'm in- at work or trying to remember, you know, not to take it on an empty stomach or that. So that works well for, for my lifestyle. Um, that may not be for everybody, but that is truly an advantage. And if I need to have my dose adjusted, it can be customized to me. So the sky's the limit. You can have multiple types of dosing done for many different people because they're all custom to that person. Um, and that's the beauty of having relationships with your clients and your providers in our type of setting because custom uh pharmacies that compound usually have good relationships with providers and we have discussions. We look at labs together. We talk about what the patient's needs are. The patients also are welcome to discuss those things with our staff. And many times we will receive a lab and our um, pharmacist, whether it be Rachel, Sean, or I, will go over those labs, have communication with our clients as to what their symptoms are, how they're feeling, you know, when the labs were drawn, um, and then make some recommendations with their provider as to how to continue uh, therapy. 
Well, so let's speak about labs and let's speak about symptoms in history, which I'm going to go back a little bit because I already talked about this um, once. But let's realize that a lot of these labs, these fancy labs that we have, thyroid being an example. So I talked to you about porcine thyroid. It's been around since the late 1800s. Well, do you think that we had um, a good way of checking thyroid function in the late 1800s? No, we didn't. We didn't not, not by a laboratory means anyway. We didn't have a lab test for it. Um, we didn't really start having any kind of lab test for thyroid with any kind of accuracy, honestly, until like the 70s probably. And even then, that was the first TSH, and even then it wasn't as sensitive enough, so they had to change that a few years later. But realize this. Thyroid's been around for over 100 years, but we've only had labs for like 40 years or, you know. So um, there again, your symptoms and history are more important than labs. And if you talk to some old-time physicians that did this before they there were any laboratory values around, what would they do? They would palpate the thyroid. They would ask about symptoms. They would ask about history. They would put them on a trial of thyroid, and they would see how they did. If they didn't have side effects but they felt a little bit better, they would increase the dose. Um, and it, 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 So there again, labs are a tool to go along with symptoms and history. They are not black and white. And that goes a lot for not just thyroid, but, but all kinds of hormones. So what other hormones are important when it comes to thyroid function? Um, progesterone is, is a hormone that, that is important when it comes to thyroid function. Why do I say that? Well, progesterone helps the thyroid to work optimally. And I will you'll see many women that are on levothyroxine only, and they might not be converting to T3. They may or may not, but you still see that they have low thyroid symptoms. And how can you see this? You can see this when you just look at them. A lot of times they'll have um they'll have um like baldness or they'll have thin hair and you can see that in them. And a lot of times that's lack of progesterone. Janet, you want to discuss that a little bit? Yeah. So it, it's a little bit more than just lack of progesterone. It's um, an imbalance of hormones that's setting in for this person. It can start early in life. We do have some patients that start in their 20s just having um, too much estrogen from the beginning. Um, but Clearly, when we're talking about this particular scenario, their estrogen levels are much higher than their progesterone. And really, we want a balance. And I think that's the most important um, thing to take from this is that we want appropriate balances that are natural to our body. So if one is way higher than the other, then a dominance uh, appears. And so getting the progesterone in this scenario back to a normal level in, re in respect to the estrogen levels allows the thyroid function to be more appropriate even while they're supplementing. So if you have somebody out there that, you know, their labs look normal and, um, but their symptoms aren't, it could easily just be that they have too much estrogen storing in their body or being in their body versus the appropriate level of their progesterone. And so that I think is one um, imbalance that's overlooked a lot. Yeah, it for sure is. I think, you know, I did an episode on our podcast a few months ago, and it was called Progesterone, the Forgotten Hormone. Um, you know, progesterone, we didn't learn a lot in, about it in pharmacy school. We didn't learn, I, most doctors don't learn a lot about it. And let's just get 
this straight as far as progesterone versus progestins. Here's another thing. And actually, this is more important than what I told you about labs being um, a tool to go along with symptoms and history. This is very, very important. And if you know this, you'll know more than most doctors and most pharmacists do about this. So progesterone is not equal to medroxyprogesterone acetate, i.e. the synthetic progestins. They are completely different. Um, but they are they are looked at many times. I'll see it in scientific journals, um, you know, even um, even tertiary um, books like um, my Goodman and Gilman Pharmacology book will list progesterone and progestins in the same category. Synthetic progestins are birth control pills. They help prevent pregnancy and have a lot of side effects. And progesterone actually helps to support a pregnancy. So they're completely different, even though they are categorized as the same in much of the literature. You need to know the difference because most times a lot of doctors and prescribers and many pharmacists, most pharmacists don't know the difference. They don't realize how differently they are created. So progesterone, progesterone, progesterone. In the show notes, we'll put um, a link to the um, podcast where I talked about progesterone because it's a it's a very very important one. So, and while we're talking about these um, hormones and how important they are, let's talk about testosterone. So, um, testosterone. You want to talk about testosterone for when it comes to women, Janet? I would love to. So, one of the biggest uh, I think misnomers about testosterone is that it's a hormone just for men. And in fact, our children went to um, their biology class, my oldest did, Shawn Michael, and he had to share with his provider that no, testosterone is not just a male hormone, it's also a female hormone too. And um, I think a lot of people also place it in the category of, of just the overuse um, that we have seen in sports and in our athletics in our country. And so we have a, a bad misnomer or a bad feeling or bad thoughts about what testosterone really does for our bodies. Um, for women, it's extremely important for not just our sex hormone for improving libido, which is an amazing product for that. Um, but it's also important for women to maintaining their muscle mass. As we age, we lose muscle mass. And that, if you tie that into losing your um, ability to have um, metabolism, then you're going to be losing your muscle mass and storing more fat. And that's not the way we want to go as we age. We want to maintain our muscle because it's more healthier for our bodies. Um, and we want to keep our metabolism up. And so the other the other um, important thing is that testosterone helps our bones. And as we age and we hit that middle age, we already have bone declining. In fact, it happens very early in our life. We have most of our bone mass when we're in our early 20s. And as we go down through our age, our, our level of bone mass starts decreasing unless we are proactive. And so if just anything, if we can take away from testosterone, let's make sure our bones are healthy and strong and, and testosterone helps with that. Of course, if it's telling our bones to stay strong and we're maintaining more muscle, that helps too, increasing libido, but also it helps with our sleep. Um, a lot of hormones, including progesterone and testosterone and thyroid, help with our sleep patterns. So if we are recovering and we are sleeping well, 
our cells are turning over and getting rid of the bad things in our body and recouping. We're rebuilding our muscle. We're rebuilding our bones. Um, I have a, 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 another side to testosterone that's really important as we age. Um, our uterine tissue, our vaginal tissue, our bladder, all those tissues as women need hormones. It needs the function of hormones to tell it to do certain things. So if we lack those things there, then we set ourselves up for atrophy. We also set ourselves up for some bladder issues, which is really preventable. So if there's one thing you can take away, we can prevent some of the aging process by making sure that we have the right things in our body that our body made, but maybe is not able to at this point, but we're just replacing it. So as we talk about testosterone, the first thing women will say is, well, I don't want to grow a beard. I don't want to grow a mustache. Believe me, you're not going to. Um, we're not talking about doses that would do that. If if that's the case, then we've way off the mark with the dosing. Usually for a woman, it's about a hundredfold less um, than what a man would need. So we're not talking large amounts. We're talking small amounts. And we're talking amounts that are therapeutic throughout time, not just throwing the bucket in and filling it with testosterone and here you go. Um, they're small amounts. And I would say for a lot of women, the improvements of that alone, as far as uh, libido, as far as maintaining their muscle mass and, and feeling better, because actually those things start playing into how we feel in our, our mental health too. Yeah, testosterone for one. I mean, it's a feel-good hormone. It's it makes people feel better. So, how many people are on an antidepressant and they've never had their testosterone checked? Um, that is a very, very important thing. Just like thyroid. So, if anybody's on an antidepressant, they should have their thyroid and their testosterone checked. Partly because both of those hormones, their symptoms, um, they're deficient. If you're deficient in their symptoms, mimic each other. So that's that's super, super important. Here's one thing that we didn't mention about thyroid and we didn't mention about testosterone. But there are probably a lot of viewers, a lot of listeners that are taking a statin. What is a statin? A statin is a medication for high cholesterol. Well, why do most people not get diagnosed with high cholesterol until... I wouldn't say most anymore. I used to say that, but there are so many young people getting high, diagnosed with high cholesterol because they have a horrible lifestyle. It is a diet and lifestyle related issue. So, but let's move on from that. And let's say, you know, you've got a fairly healthy 50 year old man. He is, he's been healthy. His cholesterol has been fine for the first 50 years of his life. Goes to the doctor, his cholesterol is a little bit high. So what do we do? We put him on a statin. What's a statin? Also called an HMG coeudectase inhibitor. It, it limits the um, rate-limiting step in cholesterol production, so it lowers our cholesterol level. Very popular drugs. Um, in my opinion, they have lots of side effects. I don't think cholesterol is a problem. We did a podcast on this. We can include a link in the show notes um, that... You know, I, I mentioned how it's cholesterol killing us. And I talked about it's not really about cholesterol. It's about some other things. We've talked about this a lot of times, actually, in many different shows. We had Michelle Murphy on, on one of our shows, and she specializes in um, preventing um, cardiovascular issues. And um, 
she is very limited when it comes to prescribing statins because it's only in very, very limited cases because there are other things we can do first. So, but many, many times those patients will that are on high cholesterol medications, um, they will have low thyroid and low testosterone. So any viewers, any listeners that are listening, if you are on a cholesterol medication and you haven't had your thyroid checked and you haven't had your testosterone levels checked, you need to get them checked because those alone, getting those in balance can not only lower your cholesterol, but they can do a lot of the other things that we talked about that are beneficial for those hormones. Janet, do you want to um, expand on that at all? I do because um, we have a, uh, a habit or a um, prejudice to prescribe statins first in our medical um, society and, and with our providers because for whatever reason, we don't believe that um, maybe the patient is willing or, or will take other steps to to um, work on a healthier cholesterol. And that's just not the case. Um, I think Sean and I have um, thousands of patients over the years that we've been um, compounding and, and working with wellness that can testify that they took their health seriously and they made changes, whether it would be in their activity levels or their eating habits, their uh, overall cortisol levels. I mean, anything that went into that. So that being said, um, medications have side effects. And I'm not saying that not one person shouldn't be on a statin. I'm not saying that. There are times that it's probably appropriate. I'm just saying that many times it is over-prescribed. Many times it is the first tool we take out of the toolbox and say, okay, I'm going to put you on statin, Mrs. Needham, and then we're going to check your levels. Well, we didn't talk about her other hormones. We didn't talk about her thyroid. We didn't talk about her um, testosterone levels, her estrogen levels, and progesterone levels. We didn't look at that whole picture. And so... That brings me to what are some of the side effects? Well, they can be pretty bad. You can have hair loss. You can have problems with connected tissue. Um, our muscles can ache. Um, you can even have uh, very problems uh, with your gait. Um, so, for example, with some of our elderly patients, we've had patients that had difficulty walking. Um, and as soon as that drug was removed, their um, activity level improved. They were able to get around more. They could substitute being treated with a different type of approach versus being on a statin because there are other, other things that are available to um, patients that have high cholesterol. And it's serious because if you don't, if you keep adding statins to this person, that muscle um, problem of connection with the body is going to get worse. It's not going to get better. If your hair is falling out because of a statin, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. So that concerns me. And the other concern I have is a major problem in our society is, is um, dementia and Alzheimer's. So one of the basic things that our brain needs is cholesterol. It needs it for its function. If we have too low of cholesterol, our brain is going to have a deficit of it as well. So that's a concern. So I, I think we need to tread 
more lightly on how we're prescribing and uh, prescribing our statins more appropriately for the right client because there's a lot of different things that we can do differently. Well, like Janet said, cholesterol is very important, first of all, not just our brain, but our overall body. Every cell has cholesterol in it. And without cholesterol, we will die, period. So if we lower cholesterol too much, um, this is one of the reasons neurologists do not like um, um, the statins and cholesterol-lowering medications because neurologists realize that it is good for brain, fu- the cholesterol is good for brain function. So cardiologists like it because they have read studies that it decreases cardiovascular um, um, problems in Americans. I'm not so sure about that. There are some studies like that, but I think the bigger contributor of, of cardiovascular problems in our country is has to do with obesity, not necessarily just high cholesterol. So I think it's more of a lifestyle issue than, than just high cholesterol. So um, Jenna, are there any parting words you'd like to have about the quick uh, podcast we had on, on the hormones? Yes, I would. I'd like to just say that just remember hormones are given a bad word in our society and actually they are actually good things for our body. They tell our body to perform many functions and not just for our sex hormones because estrogen, progesterone, thyroid, testosterone all tell different parts of our body to perform different functions. And so even though we lump them into a certain group, there are more functions that you may not be aware of. And we welcome the questions about them. This is something Sean in our pharmacy and I have specialized in for decades. And we like to help educate clients that there are some options that might be more safe or better beneficially to an individual versus taking something that is a pharmaceutical-based product. Yeah, and we have lots of educational videos out there on our podcast forum. So um, go to our YouTube site, the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy site, or just Google Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, and our site will come up. Um, We have lots of different uh, videos on hormone replacement specifically um, because it's it's what we do. It's it's what we do every day, and, and we really love it. So... Um, that concludes our podcast today. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for viewing. Do not miss out Monday. It is going to be probably our biggest episode ever. Um, I am super excited to have him on. Um, Spike Cohen, he is actually the vice presidential candidate running for president of the United States of America. Yes, I said that. He's a libertarian candidate. Um, he'll talk a little bit about what libertarians are. We had um, a libertarian on our on our podcast a couple times that's running for insurance commissioner, Anthony Welty. And Anthony, if you're, if you're watching, uh, hello, Anthony. And tomorrow's the big day for you. Um, but Spike's going to be on. I was introduced to Spike um, through Anthony, and it was a great introduction. And at the time, he had not been nominated to be, to be the um, VP candidate. He's running with Joe Jorgensen, who is the, the presidential candidate. Um, and um, Spike had some interesting insight about health care. Um, one thing he mentioned was he talked about... Um, how the government instituted a policy back in the 1940s with um, um, wage um, um, put a price on a wage freeze put a put a wage freeze on on wages, which means employers couldn't raise wages. Um, so the only way that they could get more employees was to offer some kind of benefit. Well, what was that benefit? That benefit was hospital insurance. 
And what do we have today in America? We have healthcare insurance. And anybody that's maybe been following this podcast, um, if not, they need to go to Amazon and download my book, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. That was one of the steps they did to really mess up healthcare. Um, the second step was um, when they passed the Medicare Act in 1964. It actually was signed into law by Johnson in 1965. So that was the second big step. Anyway, I thought it was interesting that when I was introduced to to, um, to Spike, and he was actually on a podcast with Anthony Welty, he talked about those two things. And I'm like, wow, I got to have this guy on my podcast because he could have wrote my book. So he's going to have some interesting insight about um, some of the ways that he believes the government has been involved in things they shouldn't. And it has ruined, in, in the end, that consumers, consumers, Americans, um, were, were not benefited because of it. So stay tuned for that. Monday, uh, 1 to 2 p.m., Spike Cohen, Libertarian VP candidate for the President of the United States. I'm super excited to have him on. And as always, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for watching. I appreciate all you guys. We had a record month in... Um, uh, in July, we had more views than we've ever had. We've got a lot of new subscribers. So please go to our YouTube channel, um, subscribe, watch, don't miss any of them. Comment, we really appreciate it. We're also on the podcast forum, so um, SoundCloud, um, iTunes, um, Google Google Play, all those you can listen to, to us on the, on the podcast forum. So until next time, you've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thanks for listening and watching.